Welcome back, golfers, to the Two Club Chumps podcast. I'm Brent Brockermeyer, and we were thrilled today to have World Series champion and NL MVP Jimmy Rollins. Jimmy talked a lot about his mindset over his major league career and how he used that to help win the MVP and then the World Series for the Philadelphia Phillies and also how he applies it to his golf game. He's a big golfer now that he's retired, loves playing, is very passionate about getting better and we had a deep dive into the elite athlete mindset and how he got to be so successful in baseball and wants to transition it to golf. Also we talked about some of his passions including East Side Golf. So great podcast with just a fantastic guy on episode 14 with Jimmy Rollins. Hey man, those guys are chumps. By the way, thanks for coming on the chumps. Yeah, Jimmy. thanks a I lot. Mean, no doubt, you. You're one of my favorite guys, and I appreciate you working around. I know with Christmas and the girls and everything, it's crazy. But uh, uh you know, it uh we've all John and I've had our 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 letdown stories, and I'm kinda I want to merge the talk with baseball and golf. I think there's a lot of mental comparisons, but uh um, sure. Well, tell us when you know you grew up in the Bay, right? You were yeah. a, a Alameda Oakland. guy, Oakland, o- yeah. Oakland, Alameda, California. Uh yeah. Yeah. Born in Oakland, but my dad made the decision early on that uh, he didn't want us uh, raised there just to give us a better chance. So okay, okay. he moved a little bit south, which is South Oakland, which is, is crazy to me. I've seen like a baseball team called South Oakland. I have to call my cousin like, where in the heck is South Oakland? I know where North is. <laughs> right, I, mean, right, I know right. where West is. I know where East is. I've been all over those places. He was like Alameda. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. Right. Yeah. right so right. Uh, raised there. And, and that was the beauty of it. We can... You know, go compete with uh, better athletes because it's a it's a, be, it's, it's a larger city, yeah. Uh, yep. The city of Oakland, so you have more people to compete against. But at night or or after the athletics were over, we were able to come home and feel safe. Yeah, you know, rest yeah. our head at night and feel safe. So that's the beauty of it. And I have an older cousin who was a big part of my baseball career. Uh, was drafted. Now he wasn't drafted. Let me take that back. He signed as a free agent with the uh, Kansas City Royals in 91, 92 or so, somewhere around there. I didn't know nothing about the draft. I love baseball, watched all the games. I didn't know how I was going to be a professional. I just figured that one day it happened. So he he was uh, signed by the Royals, and he was a skateboarder. He he played baseball <laughs> maybe his senior year, but he's right, so athletic. Yeah. They're like, we can make you a baseball player. And we all know you cannot just make somebody a baseball player. No, no. That's something you can't do. No. So – um. He was in the minors with the Braves, uh, played with Tony Tarasco, who, who went up to the big leagues. Bobby Smith, who's from Oakland, also made it to the big leagues. But he just wasn't in the mental space, um, just, you know, wasn't raised correctly. But he came back. He was the first person that put a bat in my hand. No kidding. And, um, so my cousin followed the same footsteps, took his son out of Oakland, moved to Alameda, sent him to Encinal, and now he's in double A. He's at a. Uh, He's a double A uh, the, with the double A affiliate of the Marlins. So oh, it, nice. it was a formula that has worked uh, actually three times over because my brother was drafted also. So no kidding. Uh, and my best friend, we all did the same thing. My best friend went from Oakland to Alameda. We all went to Encinal, and I was a second rounder. My best friend was a third rounder. Um, my brother was a fourth rounder, and we were back to back to back years. My second wow. rounder, me, third rounder, Shamari, oh, fourth boy. rounder, Antoine, 96, 97, 98. And then uh shoot my cousin 12 years wow no not 12 years i guess that's 22 years i'm that old jesus wow. Christ. Oh, boy. No, <laughs> we're he was drafted, no we're not no we're not he was drafted in 2018 <laughs> as a second rounder also so what's the was, formula like by the, the way how what is that formula like what how it did was, you, all your family do this and this uh, is out it, of high school right jimmy this is right yeah, out of high school. All, yeah. all of us were out of high school second third fourth second and that's wow. how i went and i i don't know we all had the same high school coach coach saunders um, who played um, baseball. He played college. I think he played minor league also, and he messed up his knee, but this was before, you know, all these fancy knee surgeries. Right, yeah. right. So he was pretty much done as a third baseman, but um, it was just something that the generations that, I mean, the generation, the teams that we had, myself, uh, Shamari, Antoine, back-to-back the years, back-to-back champions, got when my younger brother made the championship year, 
uh, on championship games. They lost. The year after that, had another another kid or two years. Oh, actually, I forgot. How can I forget? Dontrell Willis. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Also. Yeah. So, I mean, so we were just producing. It just a, it just became a baseball school. Um, Corey Goodyear, I think his name was like right after Dontrell. He went got to the minor leagues, but he kind of fell off. But it was just producing, so it just became a school that guys were getting getting to college and were having a good baseball. I mean, a, a good uh, high school baseball team. So it's Alameda, so the scouts would always come. Visibility oh, yeah. was easy. Yeah. They would go to Oakland, they would come to Alameda. So it was just it just became a thing uh, until he retired. So I, what the so formula Christ, was, I don't know, but it worked. I think just living in Alameda and knowing that the scouts weren't afraid to come there. Oh, uh, yeah. If you're going to play baseball, no one plays baseball in Oakland. That's just what it was. You played maybe but, Babe Ruth, and then you fell off. Okay, but big, gotcha. it's big right now is travel baseball. Did you do that yes. too, or is it just high school and summer ball? You did. You did. Was there a Alameda travel team that? Because that's not cheap, Jimmy, for sure. Right. And, right. Yes. Yeah, so it was funny because it wasn't like it is now. It was AAU. You know, amateur yeah. athletic. Oh, okay. oh you know, yeah. I mean, whatever oh, it was, yeah. it was AAU ball. Um, and I and it's, and it's funny because to this day, there's no one where my parents pay for all that. There's yeah. no yeah. way. I yeah. think you know. Yeah, we have some some fortunate uh, families right. that did well. Um, I was a very good player, and whether they said something or my parents, I I still have no idea. I, and I don't want to ask. I'm not. I'll never ask. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think I, I think that maybe you know I would just sponsor because we were traveling to Florida, to Iowa, doing all these tournaments. Wow. And it would just basically just show up. Yeah. You know, just and I and I did, and that's how it was. Well, I mean, when, when, when you guys were all year after year so good, did you sense anything in the training or the practice or the coaching, or did you just have the baseball mecca for a while? Um, that's a good question. Right? Uh, obviously, um, we all like to feel we had something to do with that. Yeah. And Jim Saunders, who I, I love him, I'll always love him and appreciate him, my rookie, my rookie year, Jesus, talking professional. My freshman year. <laughs> my That's freshman also year, your rookie year, too. You know, he he started me at third base. I told him I, I wasn't a third baseman, but we had a junior there. And after a couple games of balls getting hit by me and me not having reaction time and just looking like, bro, like, I don't know what I'm doing over here. No. He moved me to shortstop. From that from that point on, he kind of let me create my own program for myself. Okay. And this was before you had the free period to actually do sports. So my PE, I always put as my last class, and I made that my baseball program. I would go uh, okay. get the field ready, you know, drag shortstop. I wanted it, you know, pristine for myself, uh, do all my ex work, hitting the cage, do all my running and exercise. And so when baseball practice started, we can go to a full practice. We don't have to waste those 30, 40 minutes um trying to get loose we are we already did that so i did know after a while the school would uh, would allow baseball players to design and max and actually most uh football players in football season uh but baseball never had it because football we were actually pretty good before we were better at baseball but baseball players would start having six period pe mm -hmm. quote unquote which became which became an extra hour of baseball practice so i'm not sure other schools were allowed to do that but you're getting an extra hour in of your oh, core team, and we're already good. Okay, we're putting in the work, and we're doing. And 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 the coach was, and Saunders was the PE coach also, so he made sure yeah. the facility was ready. Oh. Um, and so that extra hour became a thing that we had every single day. The baseball players always had six period PE, which was an extra hour of baseball practice. So the extra work, the running, if you needed uh, extra work, hitting, pitching, whatever it was. We were able to do that. And I can't say that other schools were allowed to. So maybe if anything, that was the secret sauce. And oh, I like to say I had something to do with it, but I think the school and Saunders fought for that more than anything. Well, and we're not discounting fun. raw talent, obviously. You guys and the guys you just listed are amazing talent. But I'm always fascinated, like these baseball schools, like how yes. five, six years in a row, not just go playing D1, which is the normal person's dream, going pro. I mean, that is yeah. just amazing. I mean, obviously, it's a testament to the talent you had. And uh, but I always wonder, is it like 
you know, and we'll get to, you know, when, when we sat down with you and Greg Dobbs, after we played golf one time and talked about <laughs> your MVP season, nah, and then the, the run up to the mm-hmm. world series and just mm-hmm. the mindset. I feel like you had this mindset your whole career, like you're going to be great. I'm going to be great. You're going to be great. I mean, it's just, it fascinated me because, you know, now, and now being a golfer that you are, you know, mindset is everything. So it's just fascinating. What, point in your high school career are you like hmm i might be able to turn pro you know what so i get asked this question you know we always get asked what do you want to do when you grow up right 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 right. and my question was always be a baseball player my first memory was being on my mom's my dad's shoulders watch my mom play softball my dad did not play baseball okay he ran track he wrestled and he's where he's the best half court shooter in the world because all he did was pull up at the half, <laughs> half at the half court mark. At the logo, he was a logo guy. Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, um, hold on one second. Let me send this to voicemail. Um, so that was my first memory, and I and I remember smelling the grass, looking at the field, watching the ladies run around the diamond. I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. Oh, wow. And it wasn't a guess. It wasn't a hope. It was just, it was very matter of factly. And no. I say that because, you know, people sometimes think it's arrogance. It's like, no, like when I saw it, every, my whole DNA was like, you're a baseball player. Yeah. I didn't know how it was going to happen. None of those things, but this is what I'm going to do. So I would say very early on, I had visions of, of being a baseball player. And you always told, well, you know, it's, it's one in a million chances. Yeah. Um, that you'll become a baseball player. And it may be higher than that. And I would look around and just be like, man, like none of you guys are going to make it. Yeah. You know, and and, and, and it's kind of like yeah, I felt yeah, empathy yeah. for him. Like that's just because if there's only one, I'm not going to let you beat me. Yeah. And that's yeah. just exactly like I don't care how good you are, you're not going to beat me because I'm going to work harder to beat you. And and whatever it takes, whatever I have to do, I'm going to work harder to beat you. So that had been my mentality since I was a kid. I don't know where it came from. It was just, I, it's just as far as I can remember back, that is that was always my mentality. So I would say when I was about 12 or so, I went to a batting cage over in um, San Francisco. And it was a former San Francisco Giant player. I can't remember his name. Terry Whitfield, maybe, or something along those lines. Okay. Terry Whitfield, maybe. And the funny, funnily enough, the batting cage he had was on Rollins Street. I'm like, you got to be no can't make way. This stuff up. It this was on Rollins Street. This is destiny. So you can't not <laughs> yeah. make this stuff up, right? <laughs> um, or right outside of right outside of San Francisco, maybe Burlingame or so. And he saw my swing. We were going there. We heard about him. My dad took me there. I don't even know how my dad found out found out about these people. He just had me everywhere. Yeah. And he was like. I was just starting to switch hit two, and my right right handed swing was f- way further along than my left handed swing. But he saw my swing, and he he just said, "There's nothing wrong. Like just so, all he's gonna do is get stronger." So at that point, you're hearing it from a big leaguer oh, yeah. that there's nothing wrong with your swing. Let me rewind a little bit. And the year before, I sat 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 at a dais with a Dusty Baker, who's from Sacramento, mm-hmm. that won the league MVP. And he was just saying, like, you must be pretty good. I was like, you know, just like, this is Dusty Baker, the head coach or the manager of the Giants. Like, right, um, right, right. I yeah. guess I, I remember saying, like, I mean, I guess they think I'm pretty good. And he was in his response, well, you must be pretty good because they all voted you to be up here to be the most valuable player. And I'm like, well, I, I mean, I guess I'm pretty good. <laughs> and he funny, said, well, whatever right? you're doing, keep doing it. And he said a couple other things. And it was like, and I hope to see you in the big league soon, is, you know, is how he ended it. Wow. And it was like, wow That's he doesn't incredible. even know me and he's saying like i can be a big leaguer yeah. and then a year later terry whitfield is like there's nothing wrong with the swing like it's 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 if i was looking at a big leaguer and breaking him down to when he's a kid this is probably the path i'm like all i have to do is keep going so when it when did it happen probably between those two years where i already had this belief that if if it's one in a million i'm the one and I know you're my friend, you're my best friend, you're great. We train together. I want you to be as best as you can be, but you're not going to beat me. That's so, so take that mentality and couple it with, you know, those uh, a big leaguer and Dusty Baker, who's now the manager, and then uh, a former big league player telling me those things. It was like, look, I don't know how it happens. I don't know about a draft. I don't know who you play for, how you get to play for them, but I'm going to be there. Yeah. And that's when it just, and it was just like, just keep going. 
It's so funny because, yep. you know, when I was a sports agent for eight years, you know, we, re we represented Brady and I would mm -hmm. hear him on phone calls with the bosses or I'd sit in a conference or, and he sounded the same way you sound just like, <laughs> I, I, I love all you guys, but I'm never going to give up and I'm going to be great. And, you know, the, the, my old boss is Don Yee, who's going to come on talked about, you know, when he was uh, going to be drafted, they signed him. He was drafted mm. and they, they didn't know he was going to be drafted. Like he might've dropped out. So it was first round, second round, third, all the way to sixth round. And they wow. said after the draft was over, he was so furious. He's walking around outside with a baseball bat outside his house. He also played mm -hmm. baseball. And he, all he was saying to them is I'm going to prove every single person wrong. And he mm -hmm. just had this same attitude. I see with these top athletes, like you guys, that same mental attitude, like Full confidence. I know and be great. So it's fascinating to hear you talk about this. I love it, man. I love it so much. It's so good. That's dope. Hey, anytime I could be mentioning the story with Tom Brady, I'm okay with oh, that. Oh man. Well, you know, yeah. Jimmy, one thing that is just absolutely one of you know, look, he had a phenomenal career, but one of the things that I am just intrigued about is how you switch. Why when did you decide to switch it? Why did you decide to switch it? Because I'll tell you right now. Yeah, I can see a guy that switch hits in high school, you know, and, and maybe because your speed, I want to be on the left side, more base mm -hmm. hits, that kind of stuff. Um, but when you're facing it at 90 plus like that, that's a that's impressive, you know, because I tried to do it my senior year uh -huh. because I hated the curveball. That was the only reason I just said I'm just going to go. Well, then that's I'm like, reason. I, got no, I got no power right handed because uh, I was a left handed hitter. Right. Yeah. So I go, but, you know, so but I'm that, just going to stick the shoulder in there and take yeah. it, you know, because like, that's, but that, I was that, just wondering backwards. why, yeah, why you decided and when you decided to do that, because it's so, it's great, so great impressive story. in the major, yeah. And I, I'll say this, like, if, if I'm a kid today, I don't switch it. No way. Yeah. There, there's no, there's no benefit to it, the way they look at the game. <clears throat> Um, you know, you can switch hit and they're like, well, we like this guy getting right-handed to bats, or we like this guy getting left-handed to bats, and they'll platoon you that way. So there's really no true benefit. When I did it, there there truly was. The switch hitter was purposeful in this in, in this way. No matter which side the pitcher, if he's a lefty or a righty, you can't take me up the game. There's no excuse for you to take uh, me up the game. Now, if I was a trash switch hitter, then yeah, but it was like, you cannot take me out the game because I'm going to make sure I'm just as good on one side as I am on the other. And so what started it, though? So that that was after I became a switch hitter. I'm like, and that came from my dad, like, well, you know, they can't take you out. I'm like, that's right. I'm not thinking he's seeing how it you know, <laughs> right, is at the higher right. level. That's the I'm dad like, job. It doesn't yes. matter if I'm left or right as a kid, but he's thinking that far ahead. Um but it started when I was nine years old. The only year I haven't played baseball started when I was when I when I was eight. The only year I didn't play baseball when I is when I was nine, because in order to switch teams, because the team was garbage, they were trash. I'm like, I'm not playing. I'm, we're playing against all these good teams, getting our butts kicked. There's yeah. no way I'm playing on this trash team. There's like, yeah. we well, have to sit out a year. I started a year early, so sitting out a year didn't really hurt me. Yeah. Um, and playing strikeout with. Um, my best friend at the time, especially my best baseball friend, Tony Hernandez, who lived beneath us, uh, we played strikeout all the time. And it was a great relationship. His mom taught my mom how to cook Mexican food. My mom taught mm -hmm. his mom how to cook soul food. So we were just, <laughs> it was just, what's your mom cooking today? You know what I'm saying? Running up and down, trying to find yeah. out who's cooking what. Um, playing strikeout, after a while, there was no more strikeout. It was just hit yeah. after hit after home run after hit. And I'm just like, just you know, you just call a switch. When we play a striker, you call a switch. Like, you, you've you been hitting for 10 minutes. I want to hit now. We call a switch. And my bright self says, hey, I have an idea. You hit right-handed because he was a lefty. And I hit left-handed. That way we speed the strikeout games up. You know, I didn't mind striking out. Oh, okay. We're just trying to get the hit. Like, we, we want to hit as soon as possible. And I did that for a whole summer. We did not go back to our natural sides at all, even to a point where – he was pitching me right-handed, and I was pitching him left-handed. <laughs> that was tough. That got a little sloppy and ugly. It's like, uh, wow. Right, yep, the hit. Yep. Um, by the end of the summer, once again, it's like I'm getting hits all the time left-handed. He's getting hits all the time right-handed. Hey, let's go back to our natural sides. There was no natural side at that point. Oh, I that. went back right-handed, and it was like I never picked up a bat right-handed before. I ran upstairs crying to my dad, like, Dad, I messed up. 
I can't hit right-handed. He's cracking up. He's laughing. And I'm like, I remember like, what's so funny? I just said I can't hit right-handed. I don't see what's so funny. Like, I messed up. I can't play baseball anymore. And he was like, no, you accomplished it. I'm like, what are you talking about? Look at this swing. Give me the bat. I couldn't even, it was like grabbing the right hand. It was like, what am I doing? This does not feel right. And he's like, take a swing. And I took a swing and he started laughing. <laughs> I oh remember to this day. That I'm like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm heartbroken. Just like my dreams are shattered. Yeah. And he's like, no, you did. Like your brain has to retrain itself on how mm -hmm. to become a right-handed hitter. It's in yeah. there. You're natural. It's just you've, you switched to use the other side of your brain, which is what you needed to do. And I'm listening, but I'm like, dude, you're not hearing me. Like, I cannot hit right-handed at all. And it wasn't even – because, remember, I wasn't setting out to be a switch hitter. It was yeah. just to speed up the strikeout game. Yeah. That's literally right. all it was. I wasn't thinking about, well, let me do this to be a switch hitter. No, let's play strikeout. These games taking too long. Let's switch hit. And then, you know, a week later, it's like, hold on. I can hit left-handed <laughs> and right-handed. Well, not right-handed yet, but out. my dad said out. This is okay. So then it was just going back and forth. Get to Little League. I did a little, little bit. Um, got to Babe Ruth my, right before my freshman year in high school. I did it full-time in Babe Ruth. And, you know, the, the, I was just one of the best players on the team. And, I don't, I mean, not to brag, but I, I literally would always tell the coach, like, this is – I don't know where it came from, honestly. I don't know. Every, every coach I played for, I'm like, this is my career. And you can't tell me what to do with it. Yeah. And I see it. In, I see it in my second child. I see it in my baby girl. It's just yeah. like, ooh. But I understand it at the same time. It's hard yeah. when your parent is telling you, "Well, you can't tell me what to do." Like, yes, I can. Yes, <laughs> but, yes. Well, it's but, advocate for yourself, right? That's what you know. Yes. You know, my my yes. son Tyler's a junior pitcher, and he's starting to really get some no, you know notice. And I said, advocate for yourself. Yes, you want to close. You got to close. You want to start. You want to do this. You want to train on your own. Like, do it. And it's it's do like it. it's hard because you've been taught do what the coach says, but yes. inside you know what's right. Yeah, so it's really funny to walk that line because some coaches don't like that, but I I, I yep. think you had a coach that was like, but, "We can tell, we can tell," and that and that was and that's why I give him so much credit, um, because my sophomore year I had a great freshman year, you know, all team, et cetera, et cetera, and I the same way I went up to my Babe Ruth coach, I said, I said, Saunders, I'm going to switch it this year. And you know, I, you know, you feel like you got to go with some bravado, and it's right. like, dude, <laughs> right, I'm, right, I'm, right. I'm five. I'm probably the same height then, five seven, but I'm only 145 pounds. Like yeah, yeah. he's and then Saunders, you know, big, barely. Well, he, at that time, seemed big. He's probably like five eleven, six feet, but he's 240 pound, right, 250 right. pound round dude. And I'm up here trying to deep voice him. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to switch it, and there's nothing you can really do about it. And he just laughed. He's like, okay. <laughs> but he trusted me and i'm like what right right it was like it's like you know they coaches they ask around they know about you more than they yes, let us correct yeah. you know, it's their job too so he my um babe ruth coach already told him yeah he switched his for us you know all season long but not my freshman year in high school because i wanted to establish myself yeah once i did that i'm like now the scouts need to know that i'm a switch hitter because we had guys that were getting drafted all types of scouts and I'm like, man, I need to really just, you know, it's my sophomore year. I need to be in a position that my senior year, I have a name for myself. And, and how that's was how it your senior year, by it. the way? When you got your senior year, were you like, okay, I'm getting drafted? Did you know that was going to happen? Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, yeah. Gotcha. That, that, that was just a matter of time. I had okay. been getting, I had been seen since my freshman year, thanks to me riding on coattails of other guys. Yep. You know, I didn't bring them out. It was the seniors bringing them out. Right. And my dad was like, hey, you know, those scouts are out there. All you have to do is do well because if they're out there watching them, they're also they're also out there looking for the next guys. Yes, and correct. the big guys, the seniors are bringing them out. A junior that's going to get drafted uh, the next year is going to bring them out. All you yeah. have to do is be present, just keep yeah. showing up, and that's and that's how it happened. Then by my senior year, um, I I played for the Seattle Mariners travel team. I played for or scout team, shall I say? So I was a junior, sophomore, junior. Uh, playing against JUCO kids, yeah, and wow. that was fun. I yeah. did it with the Braves, and they're, they're all wood bat leagues. Yeah, and so scouts would come out there and see and see those guys trying to see the next, you know, uh, star out of JUCO that may have slipped through the cracks. So I was always present, 
And by my senior year, it was just a matter of being told if you fall this deep in, in the second round or if you get to the third round, what might your decision be? Oh, I signed okay. with Arizona State, which was a baseball school. So I was mm, out yeah. And you just, you know, then you use, you use leverage. Like, look, if I go this late, I'm going to school. Okay, I was a gotcha. great, I was a great student. It just, it was oh, just good. like, I don't know where it came from. My mom and dad always, you know, uh, praise going to school, make sure your grades are good. And honestly, not, not till recently that I understood, you know, they can't take what, what the meaning of, they can't take education away from you. We can get to that later. Oh, yeah. But yeah. also knew it that, also knew that I had to use, I had to have some type of leverage. Yeah. Just being a good athlete is not leverage. Yeah, correct. You're a good athlete. You have nowhere to go. It's like, well, he has no options. Let's see how late we can get him. Yep. yep. You use school in a good baseball school, and they know, like, I was a 3.8 student in high school. Well, from about sixth grade on, 3.8 or above student. That's great. It's like, thank you. It's like, if he goes to school, he'll be fine. Yeah. And, yes, I absolutely will. And I'll try it again. So I use that to my advantage to help my draft position. I was a second rounder, um, and and everything worked out well. But and you and uh, you spent you went where'd you go in the minors? Where'd you start out? Phillies, uh, Phillies Mar- drafted Mar- you, right? Martinsville, Virginia. Is that so uh, a Here from Oakland, yeah. <laughs> walking down the streets of Martinsville, Virginia. I'm like, where in the world am I? What a shot! Oh my gosh! <laughs> Look, and it, and there's a kicker. Like we saw his joke. The name of the field was Hooker Field. Oh, hello. hello. <laughs> Yo, okay. And trust me, and, 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 and you know that they're they're out there trying to scout some young little some young little stud. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. So they're is that deep. is that rookie ball or is that class? What that's, is that? Was that's, that? That's, that's I mean, yeah, it's, it's, be... yeah, it's it's short, it's short season rookie ball. It was okay. Was there one? No, that's the lowest you can go at that time. It's yeah. different now. Yeah. Yeah. At that yeah, time, it was short season rookie ball. And I'm talking about I had a lot of fun there. Um walking in the clubhouse, seeing all these Dominicans, not knowing they're Dominican. I walked in like, man, I have never seen this many black players, you know, in uniform. <laughs> like, this is crazy. Like, I'm calling my dad, like, yo, and also like, where are they finding all these black guys? Because I'm always one of two outside of Oakland Bay Bruce. You're always one of two on yeah. the team. Right. And you walk in and it's like, what? And I get in there, but they're not black, right? So I don't know this. Right. Yeah. Right, I, right. I, I know what a Mexican is. I'm from California. Yeah. I've met I, my, I was neighbors with a couple Puerto Ricans. Outside of that, I know I know the Bahamas. Yeah. Yeah. I know Mexico. Yeah. And I know that Puerto Rico exists because I have a couple Puerto Rican neighbors. I'm walking in, I'm like, what's up? What's up? Nobody's saying anything. I'm like, yo. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. I'm getting the rookie treatment already. <laughs> you know, I'm like, this is crazy. So I'm like, all right, say what's up again. And they just kind of look at me and I'm like, oh, 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 you don't understand what I'm saying? So I start cursing them out. And Chris Stevens, who was from San Diego, who had got there like four or five days earlier, was like, Jimmy, no, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. They're not black. I'm like, what do you mean they're not black? And I'm like, F that. You know, like, I like I know what a black person looks like. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. He was like, no, they're Dominican. They speak Spanish. I'm like, man, get, get out of here. They black. And he was like, no, listen, they speak Spanish. And I turned around, and they're just speaking. We, we at Back then, we used to call it the habla. Like, they're speaking the habla. Right, right. And it's like, yo, it's they're crazy, not black. Right? Yeah. He was like, no, they're Dominican. I'm like, what's a Dominican? He said, I did the same thing. Yeah. I had to look yeah. it up. So I had to Google funny? what a Dominican was. And at that point, I was still very, I was pretty fluent in Spanish. I had a uh, scholarship. Well, you, you, didn't have to to talk, Spanish. you didn't have to talk like this? Yeah. No, I didn't. <laughs> I had a Spanish, a Spanish to English translator scholarship uh, from my Spanish teacher. So I was very fluent. Oh, that's perfect. I went and apologized mm. to every Dominican player I cursed Good out. Because they Good were in man. a group and I cursed them all out. Yeah. And I, and then they started laughing, and at at that point, you know, we became buddies. And it was like, you know, teach us English, and we'll teach you basically all the bad words in Spanish. That's yeah, of course, all they, of course. All they I love that. I love that. And 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 honestly, that was my uh, that was my welcome to a minor oh league ball. Oh my god, that sense. is awesome. Like I'm like Ruben Sierra, he's not black. Alfredo oh. Griffin, all these guys I thought were black were just weird <laughs> I names. I love I'm Ruben like, Sierra, oh, by the way. Yeah, yes. they're Caribbean, they're Puerto Rican, they're Dominican. Yeah. I was like, now it all makes sense. But like I said, just being naive, all I want to do is play baseball. 
Yeah. It didn't matter. I liked you or I didn't like you. You know. Oh my god. That's and great. how long? How long did it take you to get to the majors? And if and and during that, like, did you guys? Did you have like a mentor that you uh, kind of helped you out in the program? Get you to the. Uh, so was no. Utley so, ahead of you or right? No, no, he, he was behind me. He was behind, behind me. you. Okay. So I was drafted, although we, we graduated the same year. He went to college for the three years at UCLA. Oh, that's right. UCLA. And so, uh, yeah. Uh, but no, we, we, I don't know if, I mean, you may have, but you know, the, the, the minor leagues is referred to as the jungle. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah Cause it's, you're yeah. in the jungle. There's yeah. no help. There's no help. I mean, you're trying to grab onto a branch and a branch mm-hmm. snaps off because this guy's trying to get to the next level also. Yeah. But you do you do make genuine friends. And it's and and you know, for me, it's it's the guys I didn't play shortstop. Yeah. Second baseman, there I you want go. you to get up with. Let's get together. <laughs> Pitcher, Third cool. baseman, let's get up together. You know, because you're not affecting my position. Outfielder, let's all get up together. So you do make the uh genuine friendships, but the shortstop on the next level above you, the next level's above that, you know, they're your boys, y'all can hang out. But we are fighting for the same position, right? You know? um, and what so, year did you get moved up, Jimmy? What what year did you get called to the big up? leagues? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got called up in two thousand one. I got actually sorry, two thousand. I was drafted in ninety six. Okay, I was a September call up in two thousand. My rookie year was oh one. Okay, and at okay. that point, at that point, then you know you you, you can form real friendships because mm-hmm. we are in a common goal in the big leagues and we're trying to win a championship. Yeah. and I had at that point. Everybody and their mom helping me out. Oh, I was the new kid, the young kid. And um, I mean, talking about when I say help me out, that means running me out of the club. Like, hey, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you don't have your yeah. money yet. Yep, they yep. would call the cab. Yep. They, they were cabs, taxis back then. It wasn't oh, yeah. Uber. And they would walk me down. It would be a $5, $10 cab ride. Give the guy $100 and said, I don't care what he says. You take them straight to the hotel. You watch them walk into the lobby. <laughs> you know, it was like you are not you are not going to get a reputation of a guy that goes no. out. You come yeah. out with us; they know us. Yes. We're veterans, yes. and we got our money. Yeah. But what we want them to see, want them to see because we know the co- coaches. They'll be in. They'll be at every hotel. They'll be at the bar to about two or three in the morning. They see you go out, yeah. and they wait for you to come back in. If you're yep. coming yes. in after they go up. That's not a good thing. Always mm-hmm. let them see you going up before they go up. Oh, that's smart. So like that's that. that's yeah. how it was. And I did the same thing going down. I mean, as I came up, you can come out, but you're going to go home early until you get yeah. your money. After you get your money, they can't tell you what to do. So at that point, mm-hmm. I had a lot of mentors on just the you know baseball life and then in the game itself. Oh, that's great. When I really started accelerating, uh, I guess, as far as a hitter, just learn the mentality. And he taught me another thing that the coaches and the organization hated. Uh, but Bobby Abreu, just a mm-hmm. great hitter, freaking great hitter, and yeah. really Hall of Fame worthy when you look at his numbers. When you look, I mean, and he's still on the ballot, but Hall of Fame worthy. Everything that they um, uh, rate a player for now, he was doing that stuff in early 2000s, even before then. Yeah. I didn't understand it. He just, you know, he comes from Venezuela. There are a lot of Venezuelan big leaguers, and they always, they always play winter ball, so you're around it. When you're in the States, you don't get that exposure unless you – you know, have a chance to meet that person. There's like, hey, look, we're all Venezuelans. We have academies. We've all trained here. This is our map. Dominican, the same way. This is our map. This is a different roadmap in the United States. You go to college, you draft out of high school. There are m- many more different ways. So he taught me about baseball, the mentality, and, and how to hit, you know, put me in the same drills and had a lot of fun. But he also taught me another thing that drove the organizations crazy is if stretches at 3 o'clock, we roll in at 255. Okay. <laughs> you know, they're like, you know, the players, you know, like you fool, you like you're walking in, they're walking out to the field in uniform and you're walking in with a, with a Starbucks or a snack in your hand. Like, bro, like we stretch in three minutes. Don't worry about it. And sure enough at, at, at 259 and 40 seconds, here come Jimmy, here come Bobby straighten our hats on, zipping our belts, but chilling, you know? So it was something, but for me, I got it because, and what I learned and the way I worked also is like, when I put on a uniform, I'm ready to go. Okay. But I also want to make sure that my mind is clear. So whatever I have to do leading up to this time, I want to have cleared out my mind. Because when I put on this uniform, I want it to be pure baseball. And, 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 and there was no pausing. Like, you know, guys get places early. They want to do crossword puzzles and yeah. dilly-dab around. It's like, Bro, you're wasting, in my opinion, like you're wasting time. 
the organization may like that you're hanging around being a, you know, a, a, a clubhouse rat, but that's not me. When I got to the field, you weren't going to outwork me. I established that when I was a kid. So because of my work ethic, when I got to the field, I ha- it's like I had to get to work right away. Okay. And once you. I start working, I work. So it's like, let me do everything I need to do, get my mind clear. So when I got to the field, I was 100% business. But it drove them crazy, just, you know, which they, you're not late until you're late. Right, right. Don't right, bother me. Yeah. If there's a minute left, you know, there are guys that are, you know, been there since 12 o'clock, stretches at three, but at 259, they're milling around the clubhouse. But it seems like they're already there. What's the difference between me getting there five minutes ahead of time and walking out with the same guy who's been there at 12 o'clock at the yeah. same exact time? Nothing. But that's and how that's it helped, that... me, helped, helped me to stay focused because baseball is a long season. Oh, yeah. And uh, that mindset carried forward, obviously, because let's talk about 2007. <laughs> did you when you started 2007, did you have an inkling like I'm hitting it great? I'm feeling good. I mean, did you have any inkling you'd be an MVP that year? Um. So funnily enough, yes. Oh, wow. And okay. Not, okay. Be, not, not because I thought of it. Because. For years, I figured MVP was only um, Ryan Howard, not Ryan Howard, uh, Albert Pujols, yep. Barry Bonds, and Jeff Kent. Those were the guys that were in running. Right. Um, and so Ryan Howard comes up and wins it. After winning rookie of the year, he comes okay. up the next year, wins MVP. And I'm like, hold on. Somebody else can win MVP? You know, just like – like Hold on. So – Wow, hey, this is open for everybody. MVP. Yeah. This is crazy. <laughs> you know, they're like, yeah. all right. And at the time, Ryan had lived with me. I hosted him. I did the same thing with Shane. When they came up, they put you in the hotel. I'm like, no, just like the guys took care of me. You're yeah. not going to stay in the hotel. Gotcha, gotcha. Stay yeah. with me until you find somewhere to live. Yeah. Stay with me for the whole season. I don't care. Half. At the time, I was crazy. I, I got six cars. Take one of my cars. I don't <laughs> care. You're not going to be at a hotel. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right, right. There's no way. Get up here, be comfortable because I want you to just focus on playing baseball because yeah. ultimately you're going to be a reason why that we're winning. Yeah. So I my job was to be the big brother, the same way I was big brother. So Ryan Howard wins the MVP and he's staying with me. And it was like I'm watching this guy walk in, he's eating Wawa sandwiches. <laughs> and I used to tease him all the time, like using my dishes, you don't put them in a dishwasher. And I'm like, now I gotta be your dad. Right, right, and right. uh, you know, and, and, and things of that nature. So um, I just said the only thing, Ryan, you can do better than me is hit the ball further. I can hit 300. I can hit home runs. You can't steal bases. I can. You can't hit triples. I can. We both hit doubles. I play better defense. Why can't I do it? Yeah. You know why yeah. can't I win? And so going into that season, it was like like I said it was like somebody just took the blinders off my eyes of how good I could possibly be. Wow. And, but it took it took him winning and me being that close. It was tangible, like, yo, I can do this. I, we bro, you're my little brother. Yeah, yeah. If you can win, why can't I win? And that and that's what did it. And and then also, as far as the season goes, remember, just like just like the Braves look like you have one of the Braves hat. I think that's Alabama. That's not an Alabama yeah. hat. You can't be a Texas wearing an Alabama hat. Roll time, baby. My nephew <laughs> plays for Alabama. I'm, plays just, for I'm just saying. I'm, I'm going saying. to the Rose Bowl with, with my whole family and my big brother, little brother. I'm I'm just saying. So, all so, right, so, so, so 2007. 2006. Yep. The Braves had a lock on the NL East. They won yes. what? 14, yes. 15 straight yep. division titles at the time. Who who knocks them off? The Mets. Yep. yep. I'm like, we play the Mets all the time. Like, we <laughs> literally go head to head. We split the series yep. 10 games to nine. Yep. So you mean the Braves can actually be beat? It's it's crazy how you don't think these things. You know what I'm saying? Like, like until it happens. Yeah. Um, damn it, woman. <laughs> You can leave that on there too. <laughs> We've um, all said that from time you know. to time, buddy. You know that. <laughs> and so I saw that. And so coming into the year, the Braves had just lost their hold on a division title. I'm looking at the Mets like, bro, we play them head to head. Like, like, this is a good battle. Like, we're not afraid of the Mets. We're afraid of the Braves because they just have this mystique, but not the Mets. Yeah. Yeah. We make a couple moves, get John Lieber, get, um, 
uh, Garcia. I can't think of his name. Freddie Garcia, yeah. who was a World Series oh, yeah. champion with the White Sox. That's right. Yeah. was a big time pitcher. Played a plenty play playoff games. And I'm like, and and I think Cole Hamill, Cole Hamill's had just. Oh yeah. Uh, San Diego guy. coming off like out or like out of his, I will say freshman. Jesus Christ, his rookie year. Sam Twister High School, his it's rookie right. year. So I'm like, we have freshman all the and pieces. rookie are the same thing. Yes, they are. Yeah. They, they truly are. <laughs> we have all the pieces. We talk about it all the time. And so when I was asked a question, you know, who do you think the team to beat in the in the in the NL East? And the only reason why you're asking the question is because the Braves finally lost. I'm like, we are, and I gave reasons. Obviously, they wanted you know we're the team to beat. <clears throat> Great. It helped me win MVP. You, you know, it was great bulletin board material. Put me in a light that I had never been in before. But it wasn't just me saying stuff. It's like, this is why I believe it. The, the Mets are older, in which they were older. They had a good young core in David Wright and Jose Reyes. But after that, they had older players There's, as far as their pitching staff. Yeah. Tom Glavin was there. I'm like, oh, I wear Tom out. Like, we got this guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think they had, like, Steve Traxel may have still been yeah. there. I'm like, these are guys that we're going to own. So our pitching is better than your pitching. Yeah. And like I said, we talk about it all the time, but we talk about it in secrecy. Okay. And I always believe that if you believe something, manifest it, you know, speak life into yeah. it. You know, people always say you yeah. speak, you know, don't talk about death because you speak death into your life. So I'm like, well, why not speak? Why, do, why not speak life into life? Yeah. And yeah. that was my thinking behind it. We made the moves. I'm like, that's all we needed was pitching. We have the offense. It's yeah. hard to score nine runs a game and win. But, you know, that's what I, that's, I'm like, now we got some pitching. So maybe nine could go down to five and we can win some games. So it, was a, it wasn't just me popping off, as people may have thought. It was, no, I'm looking at the whole dynamics of what we're doing, who we have. Um, we have the rookie year. We have the uh, MVP of 06. We have starting pitching. We have Chase. We have myself. Uh, Pat Burrow, J Dub. I'm yeah. like, bro, like, who can't we compete with? Only person that we, only people we were afraid of were the Braves, and they're well, they broken so, that team up. They 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 broken that pitching staff up. So like, it's all good now. We can it's get so it. It's so funny. Like all I'm thinking about your whole story is mindset. Your mindset, yeah. your confidence, your belief, which will tie into golf too, because I think you know that's such a big thing having that confidence because golf is a very fear based. A sport because it's yeah. just sitting there looking at you but um let's go back when we play with greg dobbs your teammate from the from when you won the world yep. series and we were having drinks after and you were talking about when you were doing uh -huh. interviews the year you won the world series you would say something to them over and over and it became kind of your mantra T tell us a little bit about that i remember that I was thought that was awesome so um mainly May, well, let me shoot. Well, let's let's go back to 07. That's kind of when I guess it all started picking up. Uh, there were plenty of times, you know, I, mean, I, I said we're the team to beat, and I, and I will always stand on that. I stood on it. But there are definitely times where you start questioning yourself like, man, like, did I take too big of a bite? Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, Looking in the yeah. mirror, it's like, bro, we're 14 games back. We're 10 games back. Like, ah, oh, all right, well, maybe we're just going to have to be a wild card. Yeah. Like the wild card, like we're three or four games back there. We don't play those teams anymore. How is this going to happen? And every time I felt down, it was almost like, and, and obviously it was a team thing, but it felt like they would sense it and we go out there and something special would happen. And it was, oh, I'm, I'm back. I, I, yeah. I didn't do anything, but I just yeah. needed that energy. Yeah, and the course. team just picked me up. And it's you know it, it it propelled me to go on and just you know go off on another hit streak, make some defensive plays, or some bases, and it happened over and over and over again. Now we're eliminated fast. The Colorado Rockies came through and blew us out. Then 08, we're kind of in the same position, but we have the confidence and the know-how of um, you know coming back and winning a division. We go all the way through and we get into the World Series, and I was always just trying to find ways to inspire my teammates. Yeah. We're the team to beat doesn't work anymore we've proven that you know um and i would just go through and just look for different quotes yeah different quotes just when i felt the team needed it like let's just find the quotes i'm not smart enough to come up with this stuff but i'm smart <laughs> enough to know that google is <laughs> you know so i would google different things and i'm up at night just you know what can i use to inspire the guys what can i use to inspire the guys um and i would just find different quotes and 
during the playoffs, you know, we got eliminated. We just got the, the doors blown off. Three games sweep. We we're home fishing with everybody else almost if you didn't make the playoffs. And during the playoff time, I'm like, all right, you know, this may in my mind, it's like this may be crazy. It may be corny. I don't know. But this is just what I feel I need to do. And and this now that was the only time I didn't come late. Okay. Playoffs on there early as hell. You know, right. it's like I don't want the taste like Jimmy doesn't care. Like, nope, I'm here early. I'm beating you guys to the field. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I would find a quote, and we had these dry erase markers, everybody knows about them, and I would yep. write it on the mirror. And okay. I wrote it on the mirror because I wanted because everybody used the bathroom, whether to wet their hair, brush their teeth, use the bathroom. And every time they walked into that bathroom and used it, this quote is there for them to read. And I didn't want to make it, you know, hey, I put something. I want them to notice it. I want them to pay attention because I, I wanted them to wake up like, yeah. um, who wrote this? Right, right. And I never signed it. Everybody, I don't know how people caught on. It was like, is that you? And I didn't want to, you know, take claim to it. I just wanted to be every day you walk to the bathroom what was inspiring what was right. inspiration and so the guys literally and you know i would hear about it and i was like oh, i don't i'm not sure if this is working and we're winning but one day i didn't write something on the mirror and i think it was jason worth who was like the hard ass like he doesn't deal with idiocracy he's like i can't stand that idiot i can't stand a dumb person he came up he's like bro what happened <laughs> i'm like what are you talking about he's <laughs> like the mirror I'm like, what? It's like the mirror. There's nothing on the mirror. And it hit me that they looked forward to yes. in a, something inspiring every single day during that run. Love and that. now it made me feel that my job was not only on the field, it was to be that mental side of the game, yeah. which I'd read about the mental side of the game uh, in a book called The Inner Game of Tennis. So oh, I knew yeah. it was real. I just didn't know it worked. So I, it worked for me. I don't know if it works for you until the day I didn't write it up there. And and he came to me. And secondly, um, uh, I forgot who it was. It was another player said the same thing. It's like, we know it's you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so then at that point, I would assign they are a number 11. Right, but right, right. I'm like, wow. And and it, it was but, a, it was just a thing like like my role expanded. They looked at me as a leader, but now it was like a spiritual leader in the sense that they went to the bathroom knowing they should be paying attention to what the word of the day was. And, and they I'm, needed that for themselves, you know, and, and that was you, dope. Of all athletes, baseball players are so superstitious. Yes. And, uh, and I'll tell you right <laughs> but now, I'm not, though, they're thing. like, I, I got to go read that. I got to go read that quote because I know if I read that quote, I'm going to have a, great day. a good day. And then all yep. of a sudden you don't put the quote up and they don't have a good day. And it's that's you. when they came back to you and yep, like, dude, we need the quote. I Let's love go. that. I love that. And didn't fault. you also, Jimmy, have something with, that when you would talk to the press during your run to the World Series Championship, you would say something like, why not us? Or why couldn't it be us? Or something like that. I remember there was another mantra you had, too. Um, so we had a lot. Um, I, 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 I remember we were talking with Dobbs and there was something yeah, you said. You know, like you, you we, would say, we, you know, if if he, if he ever calls us back, he'll never call us back. But it was something like they'd interview you and you'd be like, why not us? And the next interview, you'd be like, why not us? And after a while, you told me that the whole team used to believe, why not? Why can't we win this? You know, something so, like so, that. It was so, beautiful. Yes. So that, yeah, that goes back. So that what you're talking about. Yes. That goes back to the team to beat uh, in 07. So, the World Series was just, you know, gr just growth. Yeah. It was the first year of saying with the team to beat. And half the team, maybe more than half the team, they did not like that, to be oh, honest. Okay. They did not gotcha. like yeah. – they felt there was pressure. I'm like, we sit here and talk about this in secrecy all the time. <laughs> right, we right, have team right. meetings. You know, we're good. We're better. I'm like, okay, but do you really believe it? You know, yep. put your money where your mouth is. Yep. And yep. so, Yes. Um, what you're saying, it helped me, you know, that, you know, why, why not, not us. And it was part of, you know, where the team to be, that, that was the last part of where the team to be that they never put in papers. Okay. It was just, we left it, you know, it was like, you know, well, why not us? Yeah. Meaning yeah. that if the, that if the Mets can beat the Braves and we can beat the Mets, 
There you Why go. can't we do it? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, halfway through the year, you know, I could see guys start believing that, okay, maybe we can win. Maybe we are the team to beat. Why not us? Why, yeah. why, why can't it be us? And, you know, I didn't, I didn't know it was a thing, but you know, you just start paying attention. It's like, wow, one teammate says something, another teammate says something, and you feel like they really have your back. And in essence, we all have each other's back. There's one message. Yeah. Yep. Because the easiest way to avoid controversy is to have, you know, especially in sports, one message. Yeah. Hey, you know, roll tide. Everybody knows what that means. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Roll tide, yeah. baby. Somebody says roll tide, there are yeah. no more questions. No, no, that's it. It's that's it. Um, it's well, like, you know, you say something, you know, hey, do you think that, well, why not us? Basically, yeah. tell me a reason why there shouldn't. I love that. You know, I, I just, that when, tell me the reason I, why it can't. It, we can't be the ones. I got chills when we were sitting there with the four of us, and you were telling these stories about that. And I'm like, man, it just seems like it's all. It's obviously talent, but to get a collective group of people mm -hmm. believing in themselves in a game, which you know, baseball is very similar to golf because it's so hard. So you you fail, you know, sixty percent of the time, you're in the Hall of Fame, you know, and so right. seventy percent, you hit three hundred. Seventy, uh, yeah. Speaking of which, you're on the Hall of Fame ballot. Congratulations! I, 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 I wanted to mention that too. Good luck again. But Appreciate let's. So, so when did golf creep in? Let's flash yeah. forward. You retired. So, and yep. then when did you start playing golf? So when I I really started playing golf when I retired. That's what. But I thought, it crept right. in this way. I wasn't so. I had been offered to play golf plenty of times growing up. Right. Wasn't interested. I'm like, bro, I play baseball. Why in the hell I go hit a golf ball? Like, that's <laughs> right. cool. yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. Baseball. I hit home runs. I could run. I could steal golf. You hit, you walk. What's so cool about that? Right, right. And I'm not but, and I'm not a pitcher because the pitcher took the clubs all the time, right? Yes, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's, that's all they, they, they yeah, played because, all the time. Because when right. they're not pitching, they're bored. They're yeah. bored. Right, like, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yes. And all so you ask him to do is bunt anyways, right? That's literally – like, please don't swing, bro. <laughs> yes, like, you're yes, not yes. – <laughs> Look, you're not an athlete. You're a pitcher. Just do that better than anybody else. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So my cousin, he had moved next to uh, Chuck Corica Golf Course in Alameda, and they had a newly built par three course. And he had some clubs. I don't know where he got them. Probably like at a – I think I think he said he got them at a garage sale because he lived on a par three course. Somebody on um, Bay Farm Island was selling them. He went and grabbed them. So we would just go hit some balls on the par three course. No idea what we were doing. It's like this is ninety yards. Um, shoot, let me get this club. I think this, you know, we watch golf, so we kind of we're kind of aware. Like, uh, let me get a pitching wedge, and then you take a swing, hit a pitching wedge way past ninety yards. Okay, well, this is way too much club. Right. So then you just start, you know, let me get a sixty degree, and then you try to take a baby swing, and it goes twenty yards. It's like, man, this makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> this this just doesn't make sense. Like oh, I, I get it. this club, I go down one club, and it, right. it's nowhere close. Yeah. So that's how I kind of really just started hitting the ball. Okay. Then I signed my deal with Nike. Oh yeah. Uh, in two thousand and in mm. two thousand two the yeah ninety nine I signed no two thousand I signed two thousand one my rookie year. Um. So Nike just started making golf clubs in well, like two thousand and two or so. Yeah. Correct. Or one oh two, and they were like Jimmy uh, Tiger Woods had just come on, so it, it was the big stink. Jimmy, you play golf? And uh, sorry, let me just go back. And Nike does trips every year with their athletes. They do a baseball trip, a football trip, a basketball trip, find somewhere they take a certain amount of guys. And it's just, you know, a, a, a beautiful thing. And um, um, they said, Jimmy, you play golf? I was like, no. <laughs> well, you get a free set of golf clubs. You get Nike balls. You get Nike gear. And Tiger was hottest thing. I'm like, I play golf now. Yeah. And that's how I really, you know, got my first set. Right. And every year you get a new set of clubs. You go to Hawaii, you go to Mexico, you go to Bahamas, wherever the night trip was, and you're playing on the best courses. Yep, yep. I didn't know what I was doing, but I hear go to a free set of Nike golf clubs and go hit the ball. I could hit the ball. Didn't care about direction. It's like I'm out here with the fellas. I can hit this twice as far as I can hit a baseball. This is the most awesome thing ever. Uh, but I also knew that I didn't want to play during my baseball career because I tried it in 2003. Rookie year, all-star. Seth, a sophomore year, second year, all star. Hey, I'm hey, psh, life is good. Let me take these Nike clubs and play, try to get with these pitchers during the baseball season. Went to the range, tanked. I yeah. understood that Nike, that a golf swing completely interfered with my 
yeah. baseball swing. Yep, yep, if you have yep. these grandiose ideas, if I could just hit a baseball like this, woo! It doesn't happen that way. <laughs> Not at all. And Not at two at completely different swings. Yep. Not so then. So then it just became an off-season thing where I had the bug. I wanted to play. I was just disciplined enough to not play during the season. Yeah. During the off season, I would go uh, maybe about November, December, try to play as much golf as I could at that time. And like if I got in five rounds in two months, that was a lot of freaking golf. Yeah. And I just went from there. And as I got closer to retirement, I play a little bit more, but I still hadn't taken any lessons. I didn't understand really how the clubs worked. I had a general idea, but not a full understanding of how a golf swing works and how the clubs are supposed to work. Right. Of course. Then I retired. Um, and well, when I got released in 16, a whole off season, well, summer and off season, I went to golf tech and I, and I walked in. I'm like, look, I want to get some lessons signed up. The <laughs> first question is like, Hey, so what do you know about golf? I'm like, look, I know you hit the ball. Other than that, I have no clue what <laughs> what each club is supposed to do, right, except right. for the driver hit as far as I can yep. and a putter to make putts. Yeah, anything in between that, I honestly just really have no idea how it works. You know, I'm looking at a distance. I'm like, should I could throw the ball that distance? That's probably this club. And they're like, <laughs> each club is right. designed to only go a certain distance. Now that you you determine that. On well, on how well you hit the ball, your ball flight, all those things determine that factors. I mean, factor into that club, but they're still only designed to go a certain distance. You just have to figure out your distances with each club. Right. And once again, it was like, wow, <laughs> now it makes sense. Now I can start trying to play golf. And at that point, it's like, dude. This game is freaking awesome. You were hooked too. And the camaraderie too. I mean, I know when yes. my brother retired from the NFL, he was kind of lost for a few years. And I then when he, right when, he, when he picked up golf, he f- had the brotherhood again. Yes. And, you know, it was kind of a thing. Especially and in I, the retirement community. All re- yes. Like all retired athletes, doesn't matter which sport, you're just a retired athlete. Either you're not a Hall of Famer, Although you are, you're not the greatest. Although you are, it's like golf doesn't care about that. And when you grab that golf club, yep. I don't care if you're Michael yep. Jordan, Tom Brady, yep. uh, Jesus walking on water. It's like <laughs> we playing golf, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, dude, it's so it's such a golf, great hey, sport. Hey, this golf game is going to humble you real quick. So I don't care how great you work. This is golf. And by the way, let me brag on you. You have a great golf swing, and 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 you're still even transitioning from the baseball punch with your hand versus the release. Yes. But you have a natural power, and you know you work so hard. You know like when the Phillies are making their run, and you're doing TV commentary, you're doing you know you disappear for a couple months. But man, if you ever spend you know that some just good time, you'd be a zero handicap in no time. You've got the swing for it. It's just you you work so hard and travel so much and do TV and stuff, but. I uh um what is what's your favorite courses you've played over you know since you retired and you know out and about other than yes. our course of course yes yes lakeside is beautiful to play every day yeah. um wow i'd have to say pine valley's up there oh yeah uh marion is yep. up there Did you play pebble pebble uh, so yes and great story about pebble the first time i played it i'm like uh eh. But it was cold as heck. That's the problem. Freezing. Yes. yes. And you know, there you, you can't escape. It, no. It's it, that wind and that. No. Your body hurts. Through, it's it's to your yeah. bones. Yeah. I'm like, man, this is no fun. No. It wasn't no. beautiful. Damn, like this is horrible. But I, but the day before, it was clear when we played Spyglass, and I'm like, Spyglass is hands down isn't a million funny? times better than Pebble. Isn't it funny? If the weather's good you know? and you play well, you like courses more. It's so funny, right? That's a natural thing. And I thing. played well. <laughs> I yeah. played well. That's so the thing you remember. This year, yes, this year, I had a chance to play Spanish Bay, mm-hmm. Spyglass, and Pebble again. All three wonderful days. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I have to tell you, I don't know which one is my favorite now. Yeah, yep. it's like they're all completely yeah. different courses. Yep. Obviously, the history of Pebble, we all understand that. But it's just the, the pure enjoyment that I had, like Spyglass gives so many different looks. Yes, yeah. correct. Um, and it's just something, you know, with the aesthetics of it that I really, really like. 
But even Spanish Bama, like, I did not realize this course, as challenging as it is, the views and just the different oh. shots you have. Yeah. I'm like, man. Yeah. And then we played Pebble the last day. I'm just like, bro, <laughs> like, this is crazy. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, no, I wouldn't waste my time going to Pebble. Now yeah. I'm like, bro, if you get a chance to go play Pebble on a great day, oh, go play. If it's a bad day, it's going to be tough. It's tough. Yeah. It's cold and it's just not enjoyable. But yeah. man, if you if you look not that weather map and it says 70, 65 and above, it's like psh, man. Go time. Go, go time. Go spend right? that money and I go play that. Pebble. What's your uh, what, Pebble. what's your lowest round, Jimmy, so far in your short golf career? My short golf career, my lowest round is seventy-four. Oh nice. Where was well that? Done. Um I've I, I did that at lakeside once yeah i've done that uh jesus it was a place in florida i can't think of it i want to say it's like southern hills golf course it's okay. long okay gotcha, gotcha. crazy i just had it was one like i didn't know what i was doing at the time it was just one of those days where i looked at a youtube video <laughs> Uh, a guy that was coaching, I'm like, I don't want to be myself. I'm just right. going to try this. And it clicked. The next time it was like 100. Like, see, that stuff don't work. It was just one of those yeah. days I was locked in. Yeah. And then my second best, I've had, I've had a number of 75, 76s. Um, I've also done an Angeles National. I've, I shot a 76 at Angeles National. Oh, that's a tough um, course to score on, too. A tough yeah. course. Yeah. And, yeah. and, but a spyglass and, and pebble, I loved them. I shot 80, I shot 82 and 83. Yeah. And I'm like, I could live with those there. I, yeah. I was I was happy so, to say. So are you doing the circuit? Or are you doing these uh celebrity tournaments and all that kind of stuff? Because I have I a do. good friend that I play I, with. Uh, I, I do a little bit. I do a little bit. Um and I, mine, I, Nick I, do Punto. The, uh, I, I play a lot of golf with Nick Punto and he's he goes is around he, plays. Is, is, is he still that good? Because last he was playing oh, last, yeah. night, last week playing, he was a stick. He rips it. He Man. rips it. Rips. Yeah. Is, is he still all muscly? So he still have the beach body, or is he fathered up now? Okay, okay. Let's talk. Hey, come on now. Let's. Not, we're not going to beef him up too much. He's, <laughs> he's a dad. Him, bro. He's got a dad. Okay. Body. Okay. Yeah. He's got the dad body. Okay. Yeah, Everybody yeah, got to yeah. let it go at yeah. some point. You know. Yeah, you but I mean, he, he's going around now. He's going around playing in these celebrity tournaments here and there. He's just in Florida. But I didn't know if you were doing that now. Playing in yeah, this kind so of. Yeah. So I. Okay. I pick and choose. I've done a couple. I uh, played Nick Swishers down here recently at uh, Monarch Beach. Yeah, me I did Eastside Golfs. They were we were down in San Diego. Um uh where was the course? Uh Eastside Golf had a thing I did. Uh this year I didn't do Tahoe, but I tradition do Tahoe or we call that we call it the Lakeside Open cuz half the club Right, like, right, right, <laughs> right, right. By the way, tell us about Eastside Golf. You're wearing this uh, hoodie right now. Yes. You've always Great. represented them the last few years. What's the deal with them? I like their stuff. Yeah, great story. Um First, um, first, I just liked because you know the fashion. Uh, I thought they were doing something great, trying to be a uh, a, a black fashion company in golf because they're fashion first, right? Right, right. But what I didn't know is that they were really golfers. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I believe they had some Morehouse, um, Olajuwon, and um, man, why am I drawing a blank on the other guy? Earl, Olajuwon and Earl. Yeah, yeah. They both played. I think Elijah was was slightly the better golfer, and he continued on, but his career had to come to an end because he just could not afford to play golf. Yeah, yeah. And what he and golf had changed their lives, got them in school, kept them out of trouble. You know, when you play golf, especially as a young black kid, you're seen as different. You know, to, as playing baseball, sometimes you're seen as you know as, as different. Like, why are you playing baseball? You're playing, playing basketball or football. It's like, but I like baseball. Yeah. Um, so playing golf definitely seen as different. But what he didn't want is for young black kids to come up, have an opportunity to, to be, you know, a professional golfer, if, if that's their dream, only to be hindered by the finances. But also, how can I be myself on a golf course? We don't, you know, where we're from, we don't dress like golfers. Yeah. yeah. But how can we respect the way, you know, golf etiquette is, but still bring who we are, our culture to the game? And hearing that story Although I was already rocking Eastside Golf just because, you know, I, I, it's, it was fly. I'm like, it spoke to me. I'm like, I'm going to rock that stuff because it's fly. And it happened to be black even better. I was going to rock it no matter what they were. But, wow, they're black. And now I know their story. 
it's no longer just because they're black. It's like, this is the story behind Eastside Golf. This is so why I'm cool. supporting it now. It goes above and beyond just a guy trying to make fashion. He's giving back to kids that want to play oh, golf great. and encouraging kids yeah. and trying to provide a way for them to do so. And I'm like, that's admirable. That's something I can stand behind. And anything they do, I'll support uh, because that's their mission to make yeah. sure that there's another avenue that we weren't exposed to and generally aren't exposed to uh, in the inner cities. But Earl and Olajuwon and colleges uh, that uh, have golf programs, black HBCUs that have black uh, HBCUs that have golf programs and black kids that want to play golf. Look, there is a way. And we're going to promote that, too. I'm going to put in our description Eastside Golf and promote it. I want to learn more about them. I see a lot of people wearing them. they got the sickest shoes. I mean. Joe Hayden. Yes. Joe Hayden's really yeah. fun. Like, yeah. he's, he's one. Like, I'm like, bro, like, like I've been rocking with them before you. How you get on? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but he met, he, he met them personally first. And I'm like, Joe. I, and that's how I got on. Joe told me about the uh, tournament that they were having. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know anything about it. So he plugged me, um, and we went from there. He was like, okay, you know, uh, now now that we're aware of it, and got put on. And I so now that. it's like – and I, like I said, I'm so glad I did because I was just thinking, okay, here's another fa- – like you can think of, here's another fashion company. Right, I'm a right, rock right. with them. But sitting down, hearing them tell their story, I'm, it was like, yo. I got a mission. Now yeah. I have my reason. Now I, I have that. my reason. We're going to have Hayden on. I've already talked to him and talk about like he, you know, he retired recently and he is just really grinding to get golf figured out. Have you seen how good he's gotten? The swing mean, is still horrible. Yeah. He, it's, it's his swing. It's, it's unbelievable. Ugly. It's his swing. Well, he's a freakish athlete. When I like hug him, like, hey, how you doing? And hug him. It's like Probably. hugging granite. Like he Straight is up. a block of muscles. So, you know, once he can get all those lined up, cause golf is so weird, especially he didn't play a swinging sport like we did. Mm-hmm. So we had a little bit of an advantage, but I love Joe. We're going to have him on, talk about East side golf and talk about his struggle from a 25 handicap to now he's getting in the teens. I mean, he's starting to yeah, come he down. Is. And so, yes, he um, is. well, Jimmy, he I, a lot of money cause he'd be cheating with that handicap. Well, <laughs> I don't want to say anything about that, but. When you start getting better, that's when you even it out. Because once you improve, yeah. you go down and you're in trouble. But yep, man, I cannot exactly. thank you enough for taking the time. Yeah. I'm so I knew exactly what I was going to get from you today is your incredible mindset. I'm so into that in golf. That's the hardest thing in golf. And your mindset from nine years old to now is insane. And I can't wait to see you take it because you're going to be a zero handicap soon. So just get ready. Cause you got the mindset, you got the swing. You just, you know, it, when you, when you got to go work for the Phillies and do the, the, all the announcing, you, you don't play golf for a couple months, but right, yeah. um, I appreciate it. Buddy. Look, 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 if you can get Scott Kahn to do, to do what he's doing, cause <laughs> yeah. I play with them, yeah. he's down the freaking middle. I'm like, bro, I know, like, I know. Do you miss anymore. I know. So, get, so look, look, get, you get me there. We're going to be talking about something. Done deal. (laughs) I'm happy to do it. I mean, I I love people that are passionate about golf, and I'd love to uh, just give you the fine-tuning and kind of teach you what John and I know, which is the the little secret sauce to get from that 5-4 all down to 0 plus 1 plus 2. And it's honestly, it's short game. Go down to McAvoy. Yeah. If you own inside yeah. 150, especially at our course, you're golden. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll get out there and hit. But I appreciate it, buddy. I mean, it's just such an honor to have you on here. And we're pulling for you for the Hall of Fame ballot. So fingers uh, yeah, crossed from, from the yes, jumps, sir. buddy. All right. Yeah. We'll see you on the golf course, Jimmy. Thanks, buddy. Jimmy, right, I can't thank you enough. It's a pleasure. Thank All you. right. See you. All right.